Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to Wales. I'm glad you know where we're going. We went to Wales. Uh, you'd, I, I, I had to do investigation to find out. Yeah, I had to read the plot summary of this movie for some things. Okay. 1860s Wales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's now. Wait, wait a minute. I did not. Um, I did not thoroughly investigate that. Oh no! I'm, oh no! All right, vamp, vamp. I'm assuming it is 1860s Wales, and this is why they were talking about the Queen because, of course, they were under her reign, and they sang "God Save the Queen," and they were talking about her in her. As if she were an older age. Mm -hmm. And so I knew it was like 1800s because of the clothing. So I assume it's Victoria in the 1860s. That's my assumption. You are correct. The novel is set in South Wales during the reign of Queen Victoria. Ouch! Watch out, people. I'm on fire today. Yeah, you're you're brainiac. You're (sighs) you're limitless. That's what that's what we refer to you as when you're a genius we call her limitless yeah i mean it's funny you know we think it is this week we are doing how green is my valley no 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 ma it's that's how i want to say it too but it's how green was my valley Oh, I have was written down. I said it. I, I say it all the time. Because, yeah, the valley it wasn't green at the end of the story. Yes. And also when, because remember, listeners, last week we did Citizen Kane and we found out that that did not win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. So this did win Best Picture. And I'm like, well, we have to see the movie that beat Citizen Kane for Best Picture. And so when I saw How Green Was My Valley, I thought, oh, knowing the Academy Award, how the history, Shakespeare in Love defeats Saving Private Ryan, like go on and on and on. I'm like, I know this is going to be a sweeping epic romance, and the title is probably just figurative. No. They're really talking about valleys in this film. They're, it's The title is literal. Yeah. And and I had to check with Erin to see what movie we were doing because it was her pick, and I couldn't believe she picked something called How Green Was My Valley. And then when I started watching it, I thought, why did she pick this? <laughs> it wasn't until the end when I reread, oh, it beats Citizen Kane. Because this is not an Aaron Pick movie, people. No, this is an Aaron Vengeance Pick movie. There have been some Vengeance Picks over the course of this podcast. I will pick a movie out of spite. Okay, well, okay, so we have we have we have done the intro. Are you ready for the particulars or you want to vent a little more? No, there's plenty of time to vent. There will be plenty of venting. There will be venting. <laughs> this was released October 28th, 1941. 
It was directed by John Ford. Now, John Ford, he's up there, people. If you don't know who John Ford is, why are you listening to this podcast? Because you must not love movies. Ouch. (laughs) We are all in for it today. (laughs) Everyone, line up. (laughs) He has he holds the record for winning four best director academy awards he won in 1935 for the informer he won in 1940 which was a year before for grapes of wrath he went back to back in best director category the following year with how green is my valley was and i said how green was my valley i heard is uh <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Gonna fire my shots when I can. And 1952's The Quiet Man. He also was nominated for the film Stagecoach, which we're gonna have to do at some point because that is a really good movie. Okay. He got two Oscars for Best Documentary, The Battle of Midway, and December 7th, the movie. He was oh, with wow. um Frank Capra and a whole bunch of really famous directors that did films for the United States Armed Forces during the war. And there's a documentary about that on Netflix. And I Mm. forget what it's called, but it's really good because it's about all those guys and stuff. And they're different, how they were known as directors and their personas. And then like what they did during the war. Um, He also did Fort Apache. She wore a yellow ribbon, Rio Grande, The Searchers, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, How the West Was Won. So he got into Westerns after this. Mm -hmm. And he also did, so I'm looking at his filmography, and I see 1942 Sex Hygiene. What? And I'm like, John Ford, what are you, what? (laughs) What's sex hygiene about? Because that doesn't sound like like a studio said, hey, we got this story, Betty Davis in sex hygiene. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not looking for that. (laughs) Like, it's just, ooh, like, it's like, ooh. (laughs) It's a short social guidance film. So, you you know, like, back in those weird old black and white things of, this is, and so I guess it's about, like, you know, making sure you wash. (laughs) but like done in 1942 so not the 40s knew how to wash well apparent i uh, i don't know man i don't know this is maybe it was like for soldiers about you know you're going to france So I I don't know. It's, it's way different over there. <laughs> but it's a John Ford film. So. Okay. There you go. Uh, it was produced by Daryl F. Zanuck. He did The gentleman, Gentleman's Agreement, All About Eve. He ran a studio. You know, he's a big muckety-muck. Uh, screenplay by Philip Dunn. He also wrote The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Muir. I like the ghost in Mrs. Muir. The robe. The agony Ooh. and the ecstasy. Dang. And it's based on the novel 
How Green Was My Valley, that was published in 1939 by Richard Lewin. It was said that he based it on his life as a young coal miner. <laughs> but then after he died, it was like, no, nah, man, you're I'm English. You're not <laughs> Welsh, brah. <laughs> so there's that. The music is by Alfred Newman. He did the music for Wuthering. Not Alfred E. Newman. No. <laughs> Alfred Blank Newman. <laughs> did Wuthering Heights, All About Eve, Anastasia, The Diary of Anne Frank, How the West Was Won, The Greatest Story Ever Told, Airport, and something that we all know him by, when the logo for 20th Century Fox comes on, that's Alfred Newman. He's rich just from that. Well, I don't know, like, if he saw, like, he was a music prodigy. I don't know if he was able to calculate, like, getting a percentage in and royalties on that. I'm sure that, like, got a flat rate. Yeah, Daryl Zanuck was just like, yo, what do you got? Just put something over that, and here's 15 bucks. Mm, and probably. now it's on every it's been on every Fox movie like ever. It's so well known. The director of photography is Arthur C. Miller. He's was nominated for seven Academy Awards. He uh he won for How Green Was My Valley. So uh, How special. He also <laughs> did Song of Bernadette and Anna and the King of Siam and Gentleman's Agreement is edited by James B. Clark. He went on to become a pretty good director in his own right. He did a lot of like different television shows, among them Batman, that Batman show that I used to watch as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Pow, with, uh-huh, pow. With Adam West. And he also directed the movie. And this is really weird because, okay, there was a scene in this movie where the... Uh, the pastor is reading to the boy and he's in bed. And I thought finally to my childhood of when my mom used to read to me when I was going to bed. And then I remembered like the saddest book ever. And like, cause I thought it would be funny if the pastor was reading like, Oh, what if the pastor like starts to cry and stuff? Cause you know, you're reading a book and then you start to cry. And then I instantly thought of the island of the blue dolphins. Blue dolphins. <laughs> and then I started crying because I'm like, I can't think about that book without crying. And so my man, James B. Clark, directed Island of the Blue Dolphins. There was a movie, Island of the Blue Dolphins? Yeah, in 1964, and I will never watch it. I will. It's too traumatic. It once, and you're going to have to. It's too traumatic. I won't be able to get through the <laughs> podcast. Are you kidding me? My eyes are getting sweaty right now. Oh, just wait before we go on disclaimer. The boys are here and right now Chan is growling and so he if he barks I just want everyone to be aware. Oh, okay. And it was narrated by Irving Pitchell. Um he what after this movie um he went on to become blacklisted. But oh. he was also an actor in Jezebel, and she wore a yellow ribbon. And then he was a director. He also directed The Pied Piper, The Moon is Down, and Tomorrow is Forever, which Tomorrow is Forever marked the film 
premiere, the debut film of one Natalie Wood. Oh. It was starring, it starred Orson Wilson and Claudette Colbert. We'll add it to the list. So, uh-huh. You may. And starring... What's the name again? <laughs> Tomorrow is Forever. Okay. Wow, that sounds like a tearjerker. Well, it's Orson Welles. He was a soldier and he in World War One, and everyone thought he was dead. And so then he comes back. Oh. I think I don't. Know, I just scanned briefly because I was like Orson Welles, Claudette Colbert, and Natalie Wood. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Walter Pigeon played Mister Gruffyd. These are Welsh names, so they're weird to me. They are, and you cannot use phonics. Y- well, uh, what good would that do me? <laughs> you mean, never learned. Yeah, phonics. I never learned it anyway. It's just all gobbledygook. He was in. He so he played the uh, the pastor, the preacher man. He was in the Bad and the Beautiful, Forbidden Planet. He was also in Funny Girl. We have Maureen O'Hara. She played mm-hmm. man. Angahard. I kept yeah. thinking that it was it's the sister, and I kept thinking that the kid was calling her aunt because it sounded like Aunt Gahard. I think that's oh. it, Angahard, Rad, yeah. or something, whatever. So Maureen O'Hare, she was in Jamaican Inn, The Black Swan, and then she was John Ford's favorite actress. So she was in Rio, Rio Grande, The Quiet Man. She was also in The Parent Trap. She was also in Only the Lonely with John Candy that I remember watching. Wow. And we all probably know her best from Miracle on 34th Street. That's, that's probably her biggest movie. Although okay. maybe people are like, no, Rio Grande is. But I know our audience. Yeah. I'm guessing that they know her from Miracle on 34th Street and not Rio Grande. Right, Wendy? I think so, too. Okay. We have Donald Crisp, who played, oh, Jesus, Gwillem Morgan. Uh, he was in Jezebel. Oh, he was the father, and he was in Weathering Heights, and he was in National Velvet. Okay. And we have Roddy McDowell as the kid Hugh. Mm-hmm. And you'll know him from the old Planet of the Apes movies. And he was also in Funny Lady, Overboard, The Longest Day, Cleopatra, The Greatest Story Ever Told, That Darn Cat. And he was in so much television. Camelot. He was in Camelot. In Camelot. He's he's he, one of those guys. Like, you know his face. Yeah. Um, and this wasn't even... He was a kid in this. This wasn't even his first movie. It was like his seventh. Wow. Yeah. And let me... Do I have... Oh, and then I have... Uh, Sarah Allgood, she played the mother. She was in a lot of early Hitchcock films, like Juno the Paycock and Sabotage and The Lodger. And then later on, she was in Cheaper by the Dozen. Hmm. And then we, because um, the, the cast is pretty big because there's a lot of people in it. So then it, there I just was like, people. oh. And then I noticed, though, John Loder, he played Ianto Morgan, one of the brothers, in real life. Well, he was in Sabotage. Hitchcock joint. In real life, he was married to Hedy Lamar from 1943 to 1947. Wow. I thought that was very interesting because Hedy Lamar is a very interesting woman. Yeah, her patent. 
Um, that just came up on Facebook again about her patent and how she didn't get paid anything for it. Yeah, and she tried to fight for it. So the woman invented cell phone technology. She yeah. was a genius. There's a great Netflix documentary yeah, called, there what was is. it, something like The Bombshell or something? Because it, it is a bit infuriating because she is drop-dead gorgeous and a freaking genius. Yeah, how is that fair? But the fairness comes into she was alive in the time that she was. It's like, oh, uh, well, that didn't really work out for you too well. Because she was smart enough to know to be irritated by being treated by how good looking she was. Like, yeah. Damn. <laughs> That's why if a lot I were of that good looking, I don't think I'd be irritated by it. Yeah, go ahead. Look at me. Give well, me something. You know, no offense, my love you. Happy birthday. You're not inventing sci like cell phone technology. No, no, I am not, nor am I in any category that Hedy Lamar is in. So let's move on. I'm, Happy I'm... birthday to me. <laughs> How dare you? I think that while you may not be as mentally uh, acrobatic as Hedy Lamar, Ooh. I think that you are beautiful, as beautiful as Hedy Lamar. How many drinks have you had already today, Eric? Well, I've only had two eggs to eat. So it's, <laughs> it's not how, how many I've had. It's how fast it's going to my head. That's right. I will accept the compliment. Yeah. Still, there you go, Ma. You are beautiful. No matter what they say. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a singer. <laughs> okay. Are we finished with the particulars? Yes. We are going to set the table. This is a black and white movie shot in Wales. Uh, it starts with a narrative. Ooh, it's not. It's, it's set in Wales. Nerd alert. It's set in Wales. Yeah. Uh, the and original, there's a reason why it's black and white. Well, the original director was William Wyler who he's a big time director. I think we've probably done some of his movies. I think he did the best years of our lives. I, I'm pulling that out of my butt right now. I should have written it down, but I didn't. And the our three studio, listeners aren't going to go back and check. The studio Fox, they wanted it to be shot in Wales on Technicolor. And um, when Ford came in, he said, guys, I know that you want to shoot it in Wales and Technicolor. But you do realize that Europe is burning right now? Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. there there's, aren't there's any green valleys. On. Yeah. <laughs> we got no green valleys. Also, like, yeah. the coal industry has turned all those green valleys into just blackness. So um, why don't – here's an idea. Why don't you let me build 80 acres in the Santa Monica Mountains and just recreate this pristine – welsh valley and we're gonna shoot it in black and white Be and i know why oh nerd alert for you nerd alert for me because the colors in california of the flowers weren't the right color for flowers that grew in wales mm. and so he wanted it black and white see that makes perfect sense i'm paying attention to detail Okay, it's about a little boy in this big family, big Catholic family, he's, so it's a big family. He's got he's, six, well, there's six boys and one girl in this family, the Morgans. Yeah. So they, I mean, 
they were doing it right because you know you need those you need those working people uh, back in the day. His name was Hugh. <laughs> right on cue. Thank you, Chandler. It's okay. There's nobody at the door. Well, here comes Matt. Okay, so um, the people. Uh, oh, and so I think the father says, "Singing in my people is as sight in the eye." There's a whole lot of those kind of quotes. So men are coming home from the mine. The mine is up a hill, and I mean there are a good god gargantuan <laughs> amount of men in that little town. It's a mining town. I'm sorry. It's a mining valley village. And so they come and they scrub coal dust. Uh, they're, they're scrubbing coal dust. And as the it was payday at the mine, so the boys come and put money in their mother's apron as she's sitting there. I thought she was running a boarding house or something, but no, it was all of her children. <laughs> Um, and the father is the head of the house. The mother's the heart. It's, um, it's the woman that, okay. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Who married the brother? Oh, this woman comes to town and she's going to marry one of the brothers. The oldest brother. Don't, yeah. we don't, we can't keep track of the brother's names. Honestly, I could not tell the brothers. No. They all looked alike. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so it looked like it was a bit of an arranged marriage. She comes out in this wedding dress that is more hideous than Diana's. <laughs> I mean, my God. It had about the same amount of fabric. So there's a new minister who is marrying the two, and, and um, he catches sight of the sister. And I drew a couple hearts because love is in the air. Mm-hmm. The whole town comes to their little tiny hovel home. It wasn't really a hovel, though. I mean, no, it was, was kind of nice, fairly spacious, mm -hmm. low and, ceilings, um, very low ceilings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the women are all in one room, and the men are all getting drunk. Even the new minister takes a pint, and the minister and the sister sing "Wada Wada Wada." Then it's time for them to find out their reduced wages at the mine. And some men start to talk about a union. And so that's really bad. The, the sons rise up against Papa because he doesn't believe in the union. And Papa, and, Papa, like he rules, he is the king of this house. When the, oh yeah. when the sons um, start to, to mouth off, the, the dad says, I didn't, who gave you permission to speak? And the son's like, he's like, excuse me, I did not give you permission to speak. Huh. Go ahead, I have to write down a recasting. That wasn't uh, that wasn't your childhood, but it really wasn't mine. But there were times when you'd hear something like that. We'd all get real quiet. Okay. Then um, the men are coming home from work and they're talking about a strike. And. Um, the dad says something's gone out of this valley that may never be replaced. The strike went on for 22 weeks. Yeah, because the dad was because he's older and he but he's still working there and he's the spokesman for the men because they don't really have a union. But he is the he is like the de facto leader of them. And 
he didn't want to go on strike because his he had that old mentality of well we're good workers and they're gonna pay us good wages because we work good and they know that so we're gonna be rewarded for it and the men are younger and they're like dad you don't realize what's going on out there they shut down in cardiff they shut down some like factory or something so all the, those guys that were employed there they're now coming here to look for work and they're willing to work for half of what we're paying so why wouldn't the owners pay these guys half when they're they're paying look what they're paying us and they're they can just pocket that money and the dad's like, they wouldn't do that. And they these guys are like, what planet are you living on? Mm -hmm. So um, then everybody's opposed to the father because he's, you know, he is the one who talks to management and he's opposing the strike. They get rocks thrown through their windows. Then mom hears about this meeting that's going to happen that night. So she goes to the meeting. Now this was, remember, Papa ruled the house. Mm -hmm. He ruled the roost. So for her to step out, but she went up there and she said, you know who I am? And anybody <laughs> harms my husband, I'll hunt him out and kill him with my bare hands. Ooh, she laid down the gauntlet. And then... But on the, on, <laughs> what? I said, and then she, she did her classic, that move everyone <laughs> does. You, you do something so smart. And you're just feeling all good about yourself. And then right around the corner, something is just going to happen. And the universe is going to just pull you by the britches and say, not so fast. <laughs> <laughs> not so fast. She and little Hugh, um, I guess they they slide off of a little bridge <laughs> and end up in a creek. Well, she wasn't the most agile woman. And she had to go up into the mountains in the dark in a snowstorm. In a snowstorm. So. Uh, so she probably fell off and little Hugh went in after yeah, her. Yeah, she but... did. She fell off into the creek, into the water, and Hugh had to dive in after her. And so all the men come and help her out, but they're in they're in bad a bad way for a long time. Mm -hmm. They're laid up. They thought that Hugh would never walk again. And she's upstairs, and her hair all goes gray because of her experience. <laughs> I thought that it was because she wasn't able to, like, dye it with berries or something. No. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay, so I, I like one of my favorite parts of the movie was the doctor coming in and getting beer before he even goes and sees the patient. Oh, my gosh. I'll, that's not where I slotted the doctor. Okay, so uh, the doctor is going, well, I don't know if he'll ever walk again. And the little boy heard him. And so now, and so anyway, the new minister comes in and he's going, no, you, you just have to have faith and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, I did like how the, the, the hello, are you okay? Oh, yeah, it's just my upstairs neighbors. It's oh, okay. Fine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um. The doctor, uh, not the doctor, the new minister who has eyes for the sister, the sister has eyes for him, brought him, brought Hugh of the book Treasure Island. And how they show the passage of time is by how many books end up on the windowsill next to him. John Ford, man. Yeah, that was cool. And then a bird comes in the window so we know it's springtime. 
Okay, the, the town shows up to sing because ma the mother is able to come downstairs and do a couple unsturdy steps. So the whole town shows up and sings outside their house. Well, the miners, they kind of explained it in the beginning when the miners are coming home because someone would just get, because he, you know how he said like, oh, we have a song to sing. Like they're really big into singing. So when they would walk home, they would be singing these songs. So from basically their commute, they would all be singing. So it was like choir practice. And then I guess when they were, since they were on strike, they had nothing to do but practice their singing. So they kind of became a pretty tight men's choir. Yeah. But it's a mining town men's choir. So don't be thinking that it's like pitch perfect or something. I mean. Or that you're not going to have a few fall out each practice. <laughs> um, okay, so... Even the brothers come home and I'm going, their mother and brother have been really sick all these months and this is the first time they're coming home? I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't get away. Their job's crazy. Wasn't impressed with that. Okay, so. Um, Maybe they didn't know. I mean, it took, the letter would have to travel well, that's and true. then they would have to travel. Well, that's true. Uh, okay. Um, the strike is settled, but there's still too many people for the jobs they have. And the two brothers are, have been working there the longest. So they get the most money. So they, they get told that they're fired because they can have people who come in and even though they're the best workers, other people are going to come in and, with uh, lesser pay. Yeah. And, yeah. and then also, uh, what's Hugh has, um, the preacher basically took him out and on a hilltop tricked him into walking because he knew that it was mental and that his legs were strong enough. So now he can walk. So then Hugh gets sent to school. He has to like deal with a whole school thing. Not that did not age well. And then he, the dad is like, all right, the strike's over. Hugh, what do you want to do? You're like, you're brilliant. You're a scholar. You know, do you want to be sent off and to go to school? Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, no, nah, I want to go into the mines. And the dad's like, you don't have to go into the mines. You're really smart. We're not. And he's like, no, nah, I want to go in. I want to be a miner. So then, because when the brothers get laid off, Hugh is in working in the mines. Yeah. Okay. Well, we do find out that the men's choir is going to go sing before Queen Victoria. Yeah. That was weird. It was, there were several just things stuck in there. Yeah. Like, now, okay. I quit taking notes here because with our new format, I don't go into everything that happens. Let me just tell you that life continued in the mining town. We had our ups, we had our downs. There were accidents. There were accidents. The sister married a rich guy instead of the minister she wanted to marry. Oh, wait, there not just, hold on. See, I thought it was a rich guy, but then when I was reading the plot summary, turns out that rich guy was the son of the mine owner. So when the mine that. owner came in, that was the mine owner that came in to ask yeah. for his if his son would be allowed to talk to the daughter. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I think because I didn't I didn't piece that together. So I was kind of like, huh. Yeah, the mother told Hugh that when uh, when the when he came in. That's the owner of the mine. I mean, this is this is a big deal. I see. And the and the mother and then the the sister did say, I tried to tell Mama I didn't want to marry him, but that was like, forget it. We have no money coming in, yeah. and 
uh, your brothers are all leaving and uh, I think we're going to be okay if you marry the son of the owner of the mine. Mm -hmm. But she had already made eyes at the pastor, and then the pastor's still there. But the pastor basically gives her the brush off because the pastor says, uh, you're going to be poor your whole life. And she's like, I'm poor now. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want you to be poor. And he, he was just very suspect. It was very weak sauce on it was, his it, part. It was because he felt like, the best thing for her in her life would be to never have to worry about money again. Whereas the best thing in her life would have been to marry someone who she actually cared about. Yeah, because she gets married and Maureen O'Hara is you're just like, wow, you nailed that look, Maureen. Yeah, she did. She was miserable. She was just miserable and and she hated it. And then she goes off with him. So then it's Hugh, and then Hugh's oldest brother that married the girl that Hugh was in love with as a little boy, he's still a little boy, he gets killed in a mining accident, mm -hmm. and then she was pregnant, which I didn't even notice, because then she all of a sudden she's a baby, because they're like, you're a grandma, and I was like, I didn't even know she was pregnant, but okay. So then Hugh, who is, how old is Hugh? Like, what, 10? Yeah, I was... 10 or 11. He goes, because he's working at the mine, he goes next door to the woman's house, his sister-in-law, and is like, can I live here and I'll give you my wages? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, alright, that's weird, whales. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the mother had said to the father, I want to bring my daughter-in-law into our house now that she doesn't have a husband and the, and the father said only one woman in charge of this household oh damn yeah so it was it was cut throat okay so the reason it was called how green was my valley is because it was a beautiful green valley when he was a young boy with a small mine and then the mine kept getting bigger and more coal dust and it just destroyed the town so that it was one time was green. Now it's all coal dust. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what coal mining does. Yeah. Bringing coal back again. Okay. Anything else you want to say about the, the plot line? No, that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. It goes and then like at the end. Oh yeah. At the end, there's like another big accident that happens. Like the mine collapses they have to go and find the dad. They find the dad. They bring him up. There's like this famous quote from the movie, which was like, "My nothing could kill my dad. And then at the end, there's like a shot. Because the music is like sweeping in this. And then there's a shot. And so you, I don't know if it's a dream because all the brothers are back. But I'm like, are all the brothers back? Yeah, I know. Because there's so many that I'm like, is the dead one missing? There's There were so many of them. I can't tell if one is missing or not. And then the dad has a cane and he's walking. So I couldn't tell if this was like a dream or if it was like, no, the dad lived. I felt like, I felt like it was everybody back together in heaven oh. when everything had been good. They were the ages of when everything had been good. But I have no idea because it just ended. Yeah. Which? Because there were three more sequels after this to... What? To, yeah, there were three sequels to go through Hugh's life. No. We are not doing them for you. Did they make them into movies? Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh. I didn't I didn't get that far in my Okay. Okay, well, reheatables. 
Oh, wait, wait. Well, now wait a second, Ma. Oh, oh my God. I, I just, because there was no POC. <laughs> my POC unless count Unless you count is, the people in blackface. My POC <laughs> count is just LOL. <laughs> like, uh, And no. then I just went through, past all the nerd alerts. I apologize. Um, oh, the, the nerd alerts. What do I have? Well, so, you know, I'm sitting down for this movie. It got a bit of my arms crossed. Bit of my, all right, well, let me see what the fuck this movie is then. Not being impressed by the Apple movie's um, synopsis. Thinking this beats Citizen Kane. But I have to say, I wanted to hate it so, so bad. But I couldn't hate it so, so bad because John Ford is a really good filmmaker. And he kind of did, he got me in at the beginning with all of his, I would call them extended montages because there's the narrator. I didn't really like the narrator, but it's a book adaptation. So he's giving you the lines from the book and stuff. But John Ford did a great job of these these cinematic montages where you're seeing everything. Everything that you need to know is being told to you through s visual images. And it's mm -hmm. not being laid out from the actor. And there's a lot of kind of character development and stuff that happens. there, And it's all in silence. Like seeing the, the miners come home and how they put... Um, give the money to the mom and then how she makes the meals and everything. And Hugh grabs the piece of bread first and he stops himself because his dad's looking at him and he has to put it back. And so you're like, all right, he runs a, he runs a tight ship. And then there's a scene later where somebody comes into the house. Um, and the brothers all have to line up. Mm -hmm. and and be you know presentable and stuff and and it's just it it's it's nice and it's done nicely and then the way it's lit and the way that the the shots are staged and how every frame looks it's like this is this guy he he's a master at that kind of stuff it's why orson welles says he was orson welles studied stagecoach and watched it over and over again and you can kind of see that when I was looking at this movie, of like, oh, yeah, his style and kind of what he got and just the lighting aspects of it and stuff. Because the, it was a, there was it was dark. I mean, dark looking because it was a cold town. So, well, yeah, and it was also the 1800s, you said. So, right. I guess there wasn't but, a lot of yeah. electricity. Oil, Right, oil lamps and stuff. That's what got me thinking it was uh, Victoria because didn't electricity first start during her reign? Oh, I, that I do not know. Okay. Happened to be watching Victoria on PBS. It's very good. Ah. Okay. Um, are, is that all the, it for the nerd alerts? I will say, before I let you answer, when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, man. And I kept looking at the time, and I still had over an hour left. And then it did kind of draw me in. Yeah, it did. But it's still not. No. Like, it, uh, but I can see why it won, because there was a lot of Christian values in it, a lot of family values in it. And so, you know, 
Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's the reason why you always you look back at the best picture nominee. Like I said earlier, Shakespeare and Love beating Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And there's always and they ha- always have these things. And th- with the Oscars this year, best the best picture, how it's probably going to be Roma. And mm-hmm. Roma's the same way where it's it's not a bad movie. It's really well made and it's filmmaking and all of that, but it isn't it doesn't have the gusto of the like ah oh, man it's weird. Like with the the films this year nominated, you have I feel like you have you have movies that were great fun and you really enjoy watching them. Like for the most mm-hmm. part, A Star Is Born. I mean, the the end was we had problems with the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a movie that like talk about a movie that's super fun, but it's not a good movie. That's Bohemian Rhapsody. I had mm-hmm. a great time watching Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. but I can also tell you it's not a good film. <laughs> Just like filmmaking wise and story wise right, and stuff. Right. And then you have a film that's actually like a really great film. And I had a blast watching it. And then there's no way that they're going to give that the Academy Awards. I would, I'm glad because there would have been riots in the streets if it hadn't been nominated. Yeah. But black Panther's not winning best picture. And that, then you can dismiss it as saying like, Oh, it's a comic book movie, but there's shots in there and sequences that are fantastic filmmaking mm-hmm. and, and camera moves and stuff. And it was a, a blast to watch. And that's not going to get recognized. It's going to be something like Roma that gets recognized. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I, yeah, I guess I did just compare Black Panther to Citizen Kane. Yeah. Boom. Drop the mic. Drop but the drop mine because it's a nice one. <laughs> okay, reheatables. Well, for reheatables, explain exactly what reheatables are supposed to be. Well, reheatables are things that they, you relate to them. It this is an old movie, so re, re, it's a food metaphor. It's an old movie, so you went out to a restaurant last night. You you couldn't finish your meal. You brought it home. It's in the refrigerator. Now, we all know that some things don't, you, you can't reheat them. All reheats are not created equally. Right. If right. you don't finish a salad, do you, you ask to box the salad up? Now, it's not just a cold, it's like, it's a salad that had hot ingredients. So you put in like chicken onto yeah. it. It was like marinated or something. And you put the dressing all over it mm-hmm. already. Or you, or you have like a dip or something, like a dip appetizer. Yeah. Now the reheat game has changed because Ninja came out with their foodie, which <laughs> drink is, is a reheating. Take a drink. Is a reheating game changer, but but yeah, for the most part, the reheats the things that you're like that. You when you're looking at your plate and you're thinking about, are you going to take that box that up? Like how appetizing is that going to be? So it's it hasn't aged well. Yeah. It's, yeah. a, it's okay. a basically like, has it aged well? Does it stand up over time? Well, well, I liked, well, see, I always do what I liked instead of reheatables. So, but a lot um, of that is the, is the same thing, but you can also put the I likes in your MVPs. Yeah, I know. So, 
The only the only reheatable I have was I kept laughing about bringing coal back when it it was it's such a dirty option and it just decimates the land of wherever they're getting the coal from. So why would we ever want to bring coal back? Oh yeah, all those men that you're seeing and all those women, all those people in those happy houses, they all live to be 40 cuz they have the black lung. The black lung, exactly. <laughs> I'm just like how Ooh, are they they got they they got killed in the mine. Yeah. Okay, so you're reheatable. All right, my reheatable, well, the plight of the working man and how yeah, the the wages and stuff and they're trying to live on their wages and they're happy because mm-hmm. they, they're able to have everything that they need but then the man keeps cutting down the wages and then the whole like, like well that's why they came up with unions and stuff and then you mm-hmm. how you have people willing to do the job for less than what they're doing and the the whole thing of greed versus how can people live and <laughs> he gets Home, somebody gets called like socialist a bunch because and how people will always throw socialism at you like it's a super bad thing when it's mm-hmm. like I'm I'm just trying to like everyone kind of everyone works and everyone kind of has a thing but you know capitalism and socialism there if you go to extremes on both of them right you're gonna get fucked so like let's not go so far in extremes in capitalism capitalism is great within moderation exactly so let's let's all rein it in because if you don't rein shit in then pendulums swing epically to the other end and then that's when you end up in a totally totalitarian socialist system and that's not great either no, we're all going to be finding that out really soon. But yeah, yeah you, you know, nobody learns history. So these lessons that have already gone through and that um, have taken place, like none of this is new. That's the, that's why it's a great reheatable because their whole labor struggle, it's not new. Right. Um, right. The other reheatable I have is immigration because they're, when they're, the, the work dried up for the sons, they were like, Mom, we got to bounce. And the mom's like, where are you going? And they're like, we go into America. Yeah, because there was the one scene where the little boy drew dots on a map where all the brothers were. Mm-hmm. And he was connecting them because one was in Venezuela. One was, and when he, oh, this was really, this was, uh, this was my MVP. I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead. That's fine. He's drawing, he's connecting the dots, and when he finishes, it formed a star because the mother was the star that held them all together. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. John Ford. Oh, it was re- It was a moment. He, he must have, that's when he won it. That's when he won Best Picture. Probably. It Any was, mother would have voted for that. Well, come on, Ma. How many women were in the Academy at that time? That's oh, hilarious. Oh a bunch of closeted gay men. Although, yeah, and they love their mothers. So there you go. There you have it. Okay, so those were your reheatables? No, Did no, you have no. a worst reheatable? No, wait, hold on. I had a fantastic reheatable. It could have been slotted in my MVP, but I have other MVPs. Okay. The best reheatable to me, personally, was... When, so they would give out, and after they ate dinner, the father would dispense 
the money for the kids to go entertain themselves, basically give out their allowance. So he gives little Hugh his allowance, and Hugh runs first thing, and he goes to the candy shop, and he, he sure buys does. the toffee, and he talks about the toffee, and how he goes on and on about this toffee and how he put it in his mouth, and he would chew it all day, and even when the toffee was gone, he could still taste the sweet, sweet flavor of the toffee. And I thought to myself, the way that Hugh is going on and on about toffee is the way I feel about really good bread. Oh, I was like, man, yeah. you nailed it. I am Hugh when it comes to fantastic bread. Really good bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and the best is when you get a little piece of it stuck in a food pocket oh. and you forget about it. And then you find then it later. Hours later, you go, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So that, oh, man, I, I, I knew exactly how he felt. I was like, how you feel about toffee is how I feel about fresh awesome amazing bread mm-hmm. so those are my reheatables okay well i told you my mvp about this oh but wait but... we have the bad reheatables that's what i yeah i yeah go okay i have the drunk doctor the doctor coming in <laughs> the only way he can even like they have to hand the the guy a stein of beer when he comes in you're listening to this guy he, yeah. He's like, at that point, I didn't even, I was like, I guess the mom died. I don't know. We don't see her. And then he doesn't even look. He's like, I don't know how the kid's alive. Fill me up. And yeah. she like pours him more beer. She's like, I, I don't know how the kid, he's, you, you make thoroughbreds here, sir. He says to the, to the father and he's like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to walk again. And the pastor gets mad at him. He's like, how dare you say that? To, like he can hear you. And the doctor's like, I man come on and t- so to me that was not a good reheat because no. that should not be your family's doctor no it should not um letting so hugh goes off with the pre with the pastor alone that doesn't reheat well in these days letting your young son go off alone with a pastor catholic son go off. although i don't i don't think they were, were catholic yeah because he was just like a preacher he was a minister guy. not a priest yeah but still, I'm okay. like, he's going, and because he couldn't use his legs, so he was like, pig, and I was just like, man, this isn't, this, it's too many scandals, too many mm-hmm. scandals. This is not a good reheat. That's true. Um, so the whole movie is narrated by an older Hugh, looking back on it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, how does older Hugh know all of the strife between his sister and the pastor? Oh. Oh, I just thought it just occurred to me. I was like, how how is Hugh able to like did the sister all like dish to him? Cuz that doesn't I will tell you this and you don't know this because you were the eldest child. As a younger child, you do tend to observe a lot more and oh. you get a lot of things through innuendo when you're watching other people lives impacting each other's oh interesting mm-hmm. yeah no huh? I, I guess so so he just pieced that all together um that- he'd been living with that mother and father for his 11 years so uh, there he had some background knowledge yeah but it it just it, 
I mean, from a like storytelling standpoint, the whole right. thing is his point of view, and then it would go off to these points of view where he wasn't there. So See, I don't even to... think about that stuff. That's why we have Aaron. Um, her unhappy marriage I put in a not great reheatable, even though people are unhappy in their marriages all the time. And then yeah. I put Cole. It yeah, hasn't really worked out for old Cole. Yeah. And just um just what's gonna happen I'm like the, yeah you're yeah you're gonna need to get into computers sir some yeah because sort of it's good yeah call is gonna there won't be any more to get out and then and it, and it's it's pretty much gonna wreck the environment like this yes, is kind of does. the beginning of like yeah we fucked the planet up yeah. so that's good I was just watching these people and their livelihoods depend on something that's just going to kill us all. So those were my reheatables. Well done. Now, um, there was a part where uh, the the mine had collapsed at the end. And so they kept sending the, the gurney down to bring more survivors up. And then it would come up empty and come up empty and Pa was still down in the mine. So all the miners were around like going, well, okay, who's going to go down and look for, you know, this man who was pretty much our leader for years. <laughs> and they looked at one guy and he goes, tis a coward I am, but I will hold your coat. <laughs> yeah, because there's this guy, he's blind. He, he got some sort of coal miners blind eye disease. So he can't see anything. But he's like, just point me in the right direction because he can he can throw an axe like the farthest. He's really pick-ass. strong. And yes. so when they're asking for the, because um, also it was sad of how routine this was. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh yeah, well, all right, we gotta go do this. And he's like, just point me in the direction. And then that that's where the guy's like, I be a coward, but I hold your coat. <laughs> And so he holds the coat. And then the other, the third guy, he just finishes his Stein of beer. And he's like, ah, fuck it. And like, just throws it and it goes, yeah. goes Here we down. Go. Yeah. Well, uh, I related to that because tis a coward <laughs> I am, but I'll gladly hold your jacket when we're at the amusement park. So <laughs> I'm not going on the roller coaster. Okay. My MVP is the star, of course. But then at the, um, toward the end of the movie, Everybody in church is, uh, uh, the sister, there's talk that the sister might want a divorce. This was the 1860s. This is unheard of. And so they, uh, they were just like really hard on uh, um, disassociating from people. And the minister gave this tirade to him about, yeah, you come to church, but you think you're all good because you're here, but then when you leave, you don't do anything that you're supposed to have learned here in church. Ooh, shots so, fired. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. You talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. Yes. Yours? I have two MVPs. My first MVP is the mom because every night she cooked what looked like a Thanksgiving feast. Yes. For her family of nine. (laughs) And she didn't have a ninja foodie and the meat was falling off the bone. And I'm like, how did this woman do this? Over an open fireplace. Oh man. So that then when 
her her husband who didn't want to go in he didn't want to have the strike but he went with the strike to go with the people so they're striking and then the strike's going on and it's and the people turn on the hus her husband because he didn't want to go along with the strike but yeah he's not a, he's not going to work he's with them but he didn't really want to do it and and he has to endure all that hears about a meeting and stuff gets Hugh to, to he's like you need to take me where the men are and he was like I don't want to I'm not a snitch and she just basically like strong arms him goes up there in the snowstorm and to all the men says any of you motherfuckers that's right yeah, touch your hair on my husband's head my husband who may I remind you has always had your dumbass backs you come at my husband, I will kill every single one of you. I ain't fucking around. And then with my bare hands. My bare ass hands. Who wants to test me? And then Oh, excuse me, I'm gonna go follow the creek yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, it would have been <laughs> awesome if she just walked off. But then like no, she had to walk off falling the creek and then they all had to like save her. But still, that was a that was a badass move. And then my, my second MVP. So when Hugh goes to school, he gets <laughs> bullied and he gets beat up. And then is he, it just because he's the new kid? Yeah, he's yeah, he's the new kid. And, and Hugh's kind of nerdy. So and yeah. So, yeah, he was the new kid. And the teacher was a dick. Oh, the teacher was the a teacher dick. was a dick. So it made it like cool for the kids to, to be mean to him. So he gets beat like he gets beat up like literally the teacher beat was up. a bully too yeah the teacher was a bully but the students beat him up and they take mm -hmm. his pencil box and break it and stuff and Hugh doesn't back down he throws in a punch but he he doesn't know how to fight so he ends up getting his ass kicked which is kind of like that's you have what five older brothers mm -hmm. none of them taught you how to fight Hugh <laughs> so when the brothers see him they're oh no that that wasn't it so he he goes home at that point and one of his dad's friends who's a boxer gives him boxing lessons so then you see hugh goes back to school and he he's doing the boxing and it's that funny old-timey boxing that cracks me up to this day with the hands up and stuff and it's just oh, it's hilarious and so he's doing that and then he's not getting beat up because he knows how to fight He's bobbing and weaving, floating like a butterfly, stinging like a bee. And then the teacher finds him. And the teacher, he gets in trouble because the teacher's a dick. So the teacher has his cane and canes him, like, like to the bone. And so he walks home, and his brothers find him, and they see his back. And the brothers are going to, they're going to, they're like, who did this to you? He says, the teacher, the brother's going to go, like, kill the teacher, basically. Cause they said they're saying he he whipped you he caned you to the bone although you don't yeah. ever see it that was kind of a goof on the movie's part, um, and Hugh says no don't don't go don't I don't want you to go to the teacher I don't want you to go to the teacher, and they kind of it's it's like that weird toxic masculinity thing because the brothers are like oh he's a man now so they'll respect his wishes and not go to the teachers. And I thought that was complete weak sauce 
until the next scene where the guy that taught him how to box and his crony friend show up to the school. And then I'm like, these two are definitely my MVPs because they come up and they don't they don't run in and, and just like run up on the teacher. They come in and they do it very smartly. And they're like, oh, hello, teacher. We've been we've heard that um, you don't really know how to fight. And so basically they start giving a lesson in how to box. But in doing it, they're beating up the teacher. <laughs> And it's great because they get to kick the teacher's ass, but at the same time respecting Hugh's wishes. Right. And so they don't know. And and they're not brothers of Hugh's or anything. So, yeah, that was my MVP when they beat up the, the dick of a teacher. That's true. That's true. Not usually into teacher bashing, but this teacher. No, but he was, he was over it. the line. He even had the, like, super dick haircut. Where he looked more like an orchestra conductor than a teacher. He sort of had the the hair of Ashley and Gone with the Wind. Yeah, or the like wavy waves. Or he reminded me of a pompous Jerry Lee Lewis, like okay. just the way he looked and stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, man, this guy's probably married to his 13 year old cousin. Yeah. Ouch. Okay, my favorite part, recasting. All right. Do you want me to go first? You can go first. I have two this time, but I only did three characters each. I only recasted Hugh, the mom, and the dad. I recasted the mother, the father, Hugh, the sister, and the minister. Okay. Okay. So the father, you know, with my Hamilton casting, I have Danny Glover. (sighs) Too old for this shit. For the mother, I have Lynn Whitfield. Ooh. Thank you. Yeah. If Lynn Whitfield came up on the truck and was like, if any of you touch my my husband, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. I believe it. But can also be like um, the head of the household in, and still letting him look like he is the real head of the household, you know, like yes, not I, subservient, but um, when I think of Lynn Whitfield, I think of Josephine Baker. So I'm thinking of a much more glamorous household. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I had trouble casting Hugh. So I'm going to come to him at the end. Okay. The sister who had to marry the rich guy. I had Ruth Nega. Okay. Yeah. Hello. And then the minister, I had David Oyello. Yeah. You could also do, instead of Ruth Nega, the w- woman who's on the, this season of True Crime. That's the teacher that marries yes. the uh, yes. Mahershala Ali character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very good. Okay, for the boy, I mean, I actually did research of Young black males, uh, actors. My, there's one that is right in your face. Okay, then I mine. I just did the the guy from Blackish, the little boy from Blackish. Exactly, Miles yeah, Brown. Jack, Jack, yeah, Miles Brown, Jack yeah. Johnson. Yeah, I thought he could handle it. I mean, it's a big role, but yeah, yeah. Okay, I had Miles as Hugh. I had Octavia Spencer as the mom. Yeah, I thought of that. And then I had David Allen Greer as the father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And then I didn't finish. I didn't get one for the dad for this one, so you could help me out. But for um, for Hugh, I went with Peter Billingsley in my like all time list. I'm like, we put Peter Billingsley from A Christmas Story in it. <laughs> yes. He's Hugh. We put we put Margot Martindale as the mom. Oh, I love Margot. And then I ran out of time, so I didn't. Cause then I instantly was like, "Oh, we'll just put the dad." But then I'm like, "I'm not casting um, Sneaky Pete here, cause I was just right. gonna put the dad." And I'm like, "But he has to be able to move around." So that's where I just ran out of time to yeah. get the dad. Sometimes people, this recasting gets really difficult because you. You can just do the same people every week, you know, but you know, you, you want to, you want to broaden the horizons. Yeah. The, the thing with the, like the, in the Peter Billings in, in my white cast is that I needed somebody who, cause he was still working the mind. So I need, you know what? Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson yeah. as the father. Yeah. He would exact his own revenge. <laughs> yeah. He, he would you want to fire me? You take my sons. I have a specific. Set Do you have any kids. any nuggets? I had well the color of the flowers and that this was shot near Malibu, which mm. it, it looks totally opposite of Malibu to me. They said in in the background you could see some of the Santa Monica Mountains. I had when when the sister gets in her carriage in her wedding dress. Um, the, they said how lucky it was that a wind picked up to blow her veil into that perfect circle, but it wasn't luck. It was actually John Ford placing wind machines in specific places. So her veil would move like that. Yeah. He's John Ford. He's like, you all think that's luck. I create my own luck. And, um, they wanted this to be an epic that rivaled Gone with the Wind. Well. There was a there was one shot where Maureen O'Hara was um, at at a fence at a gate and like the camera was going up at her and the wind was blowing that reminded me so much of a shot out of Gone with the Wind with Scarlett at Tara doing that. Oh, so I did I did get um, a couple times a feeling of that. I didn't. I, I didn't get any of a feelings of a gone with the wind just because I didn't have an uncomfortableness in my stomach <laughs> the entire time that I was watching it and having to work really hard to put myself in a place where other people just get to enjoy it. Um, Oh, my nuggets. Oh, the writer. So <laughs> the writer said when he... When he had to read the book, he said, quote, he read the book, quote, in horror, turgid stuff, long speeches about Welsh coal miners. Yeah. <laughs> the, getting the book and be like, all right, turn this into a motion picture. And he's like, how the fuck am I going to do that? <laughs> Jesus. Nobody wants to hear all these speeches. Um... There was only one Welsh actor in the entire cast, and that was really? Reese Williams. And I don't, I think he played one of the brothers. Yeah, I think he did. Um, it, so the awards, 
It won a bunch. These are the awards it won. It won Best Picture. It won Best Director. It won Best Supporting Actor for the guy who played the father, which he was good. I did, he was good. I did like him. I, like, all the acting in this was good. Um, it won for Best Cinematography. It won for Best Black and White Art Direction. It was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. The Mother was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. It was she was really good. She was really good, yeah. It was nominated for Best Editing, Best uh, Musical Score, and Sound Recording. I did not like the score of this movie. I thought it was too much. It was too yeah, they, sweeping. They were trying to have it epic like Gone with the Wind. Yeah, it was too much. Yeah, I just like it would when it would swell and stuff. There were at least four times in the movie I said out loud, "Come on, <laughs> nothing that big is happening right now." Yeah, um, I don't know when this information was found out. If it was before or after this man was talking on stage to an empty chair, but apparently this is Clint Eastwood's favorite movie. Hmm. I uh, wow. don't really okay. know what to say about that. That's really odd. I don't. It might not even be true. I I came across it. That little nugget. Okay. Well, we can just flush that nugget yeah. along with Clint Clinton Eastwood himself. That's it. Y'all y'all did a one eighty on Clinton Eastwood. We did. Because growing up. There was a Clint Eastwood household. Well, more Poppy than me. And then, and then Clint became a no go. Then he talked to an empty chair. <laughs> and it was who? <laughs> Clint who? <laughs> okay, how green was my valley? Yeah, you can you can watch it on iTunes if you wanna. Oh, if you want. I would go for the runner-up, Citizen Kane, Where Are You? And I would listen to Us first and then watch it so that you pick up all of Aaron's nuggets. Mm. There was something that, oh, I remember what I, as soon as last week ended, I remember that I forgot something that I had was, I had said, oh, we'll get back to that. And that was why Citizen Kane wasn't a huge hit when it came out. Why? It was because William Randolph Hearst buried it. Oh. He, he did not like the movie. He single-handedly ruined that one actress's career. Mm-hmm. She, she basically never was in another um, big-time movie again. And when this movie came out, he just, like, did everything in his media mogul power to, like, no-sell it. So okay. it did not have any other movie, any movie that came out. That's probably why this one, William Randolph yeah. Hearst probably single-handedly paid off Academy voters so that Citizen Kane would not win Best Picture. And paid them off by saying, when something negative comes into my paper about you, I won't print it. Oh, yeah, doing whatever. Yeah. I mean, watch Citizen Kane and you'll kind of, and just have a loose understanding of history and how everything works and you'll be like okay he was super powerful yes you know he was like i i think he was bigger than facebook because of all the newspapers and stuff that he owned so he was i mean 
they probably swayed an election. He was a, I, I mean, William Randolph Hearst, isn't it? Didn't he get the Spanish American war? Wasn't there like a whole thing with him in that? Like he b- pretty much created that war. I do not know. To this. sell papers. There's a whole, because they, wow. they kind of mentioned it in citizen Kane. And I remember kind of reading about it, how, in his papers, he really went on the side. And then you look at all, of, you know, you fast forward to what happened in the early 2000s with weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And, and you fast forward to just just a, a month ago with um, um, the present person in charge of the United States ready to ready to get on with the government and then Fox News calling him a coward and, and he backed down. And that's when he got the stick up his ass to close the government for ever. Yeah. So like media people, you know, they hold a, a lot of power and sway and influence. And now we have different avenues so we we can get our different our news different ways. But in the old days, you got a newspaper and you got the radio, right? Yeah. And that was it. That's and it. You heard. Well, when I was growing up, we had the newspaper and we had um, Chet Hut. Huntley and NBC News, mm-hmm. ABC News, CBS News. That was it. Yeah. And Cronkite. the news divisions weren't part of, they weren't included in the um, broadcasting like profit thing. They weren't, they didn't, they were not money making enterprises. They were like, no, we're news. We do not need to make money. You're going to make money elsewhere. And now news <sighs> on networks is about making money. Yeah. So that's why we know about all the Kardashians, everything about them. Okay. Well, next week Mm. it will be, what, what is the date of next Saturday, Erin? Well, I believe it's February 1st because isn't the Super Bowl February 2nd. So it is February. (gasps) Oh, Mm-hmm. Well, any guesses? Well, are is it Black History Month? It February is already the shortest month, so we're not going to forfeit any of our Saturdays. <laughs> yes, we are starting Black History Month. Oh man! Oh, I need a hint then. I will tell you, it's gonna be. Dicey if we can actually watch this movie. <laughs> it's not Porgy and Bess because we can't. It's not because I investigated and, and it said watch Porgy and Bess here, but no. So this movie we are going to be streaming on YouTube. <laughs> what? Hopefully we'll be able to. If not, there might be a uh, there might be a Hail Mary. Well, I'm guessing that Eddie Murphy is not in it. Eddie Murphy is not in it. There are movies about black people without Eddie Murphy. What? Well, now you make me feel bad because that was going to be one of my picks for the month. No, because you go on um, best black movies that you must watch and every one of Eddie Murphy's is on there. Well, good, because there's there's one that I haven't seen before and I'm like, I'd kind of like to see that. Okay. Well, this one is from 1920. Huh. 
Is it, does it have something to do with what do you know no about, about Oscar, Oscar Michaud? Yes. <laughs> it's the very first movie made by a black director Ooh. in 1920 called With Our Gates. I, I've i never seen this movie, and I wrote a musical loosely based where Oscar Michaud was a main character. Well, it was pretty much about Oscar Michaud and, and the fact that, it, yeah, I mean, Aaron's senior film project, Truth and Soul. It was a bluesical, a musical bluesical. It was. Oh, Taught yourself to play the guitar for that film that should be on youtube <laughs> yeah i guess i would have to how do we get your film on youtube because that would be one that i would do <laughs> i would do truth We're and soul for black history soul. month <laughs> although i think you're the only black character in it but it's about <laughs> no nope, poppy is in it how dare you oh yeah that's right poppy's poppy in it. is in and it and there's a cameo by me <laughs> yeah how dare you poppy is in that so this is a silent film, mm -hmm. and I read that it's sort of his answer to Birth of a Nation. I remember sort of reading about it. I mean, now I did my research 20 years ago at this yeah. point. So there's a... I'm rather proud of myself. Are we I sure that it? it's not in, that it's not on Netflix in that black, um, that black history like movie I went, thing? I, w I went into iTunes. I went into Netflix. I, I put it up. I put it up just in general search, watch with our gates. And the only thing that came up was YouTube. Hmm. So we'll, we'll continue to investigate. We might have to call an audible and, and switch it up to something else, but it's my hope that we see it. Okay. Ma, it is. It's it's in there. You you looked wrong. It's called Pioneer African American Cinema. It's in Netflix. It's in, I'm sending it to you now because it's Netflix and it's. It, hold on, I can only do one thing at one time. And so I'm sending it to you now, and then when you go in there, it is episodes, and so the episodes are like seasons. So you have a whole bunch of different movies. And with our, within oh. our gates is number eight. A woman oh, so victimized by a cousin who secretly loves her fiance tries to save a school for black children, but her past and society work against her. Very first film directed by a black person to to make it to any kind of level, right? Yeah, I mean, because who? I mean, black people had a camera and stuff, and. Right. I mean, we, there was probably so many, like, there was probably something that was hilariously genius and funny. It was a Citizen Kane of something that's just disintegrated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, I'm rather, I'm rather proud of myself. Nice. And it's on Netflix. Excellent. Because I wasn't sure how YouTube was going to go. <laughs> okay. So, listeners. Next week starts our Black History Month. 
Mm-hmm. And today, as we mentioned in passing, it was Ma's birthday. What? What? Happy birthday, Ma. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for all my birthday wishes. All of our listeners have sent me a birthday wish. So oh, I appreciate that. Any birthday drinks? I am currently nursing one. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. And you'll get to have, I know my brother is, he, I said, what are you getting Ma for <laughs> her birthday? And he said, my presents. Yes. And I just said, damn it. <laughs> yes. Because <sighs> he wins. So. And, and Christine as well. We're all going out to dinner tonight. And that's probably the real reason why. <laughs> He's, he's going to be there. He's like, ah, this is going to be a nice dinner. They're not going to Outback. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't waste his time on <laughs> Outback or Burger King. Or, yeah, like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, what, what will I have? I don't know. There's, you will be using my, your Ninja Foodie. It's drink. my It's my cheat day, so maybe I'll make Kraft Mac and Cheese. That's not fair to do when your mother's taking a drink. <laughs> the okay, microwavable instant bowl. As well. Listeners, we'll, we'll let you know what Aaron ate on my birthday next week. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.